So our Bible reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, and starting at verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and the spiritual after that. The first man was dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Great, thank you very much. Um, shall I pray? Father, thank you for um, this bit of your word, and we ask now that you would speak to us by your spirit, and that uh, you would encourage us and build us up and give us hope, for we ask it in your name. Amen. Great. Uh, do have Bibles open. I would love to look at the whole of 1 Corinthians 15, um, or that whole of that passage that we've had read. Um, we're not going to do that quite this morning, because the, as, you, as you may know, if you've been here the last few weeks, we've been looking at a, a series on the body, and today we're thinking about um, health um, and bodies. Um, what... Uh, what, well, what does the Bible have to say all about all of that stuff? And we're going to land in 1 Corinthians 15, so have it open, ready for a little bit later, but we'll be looking at some other passages as we go along as well. Um, according to one um, consultancy firm, inactivity, i.e. not exercising, um, costs the UK healthcare system around £3.7 billion a year. Um, I don't know how they work that out, actually, 
I don't know how they secretly know that we're all very inactive. Um, maybe they film us on our you know, sofas at watching telly for five hours a day or something. I'm not sure. Uh, more positively, the same firm calculates that the health and fitness sector contributes £78 billion to global GDP a year. Which I take it is a lot of money. The, those numbers mean absolutely nothing to me. I d couldn't tell you what that really means, but it sounds like a lot of money. Uh, this is a big industry. The UK is apparently at the moment the joint third largest um, market for health and fitness after, any guesses? The USA. Matt knows because he heard, the, heard this the first time around. So don't think that Matt's clever just because he got the right answer. Sweden. Uh, Sweden, which I was surprised by. Okay, and, and then it's uh, the UK along with someone else. Perhaps Norway, actually. Anyway, the health industry is booming. Two big reasons that I can see that the health industry is booming. One is economic. If we are better and well, then we're not going to have as many days off work. Um, you know, and we're also not going to be in hospital, hospital as much, costing uh, money in hospital. Um, and the other, that health and the health industry is booming, is that it is good for our happiness. We tend to be a little bit happier up here when our bodies are healthy uh, and vice versa. Um, these last few weeks then we've been looking at bodies. Today we're looking at health and the body. How does our faith impact um, our view of physical health? I've, I've given you that introduction because I, it is to say that our society places a massive value on our bodies and our health. And many of us here will probably pay large sums of money towards gym memberships that you may or may not use. Um, some of us may, you know, sign up to fitness programs. Some of us may even be fitness instructors. Some of us might be advocates of healthy eating programs or wellness retreats. All of these things which are kind of huge at the moment um, that you may kind of dabble in to some degree or not. How does that all fit in with our faith? What are we to make of it? We're going to look at this in three sections. I want to look at the wisdom of healthy bodies. What does the Bible have to say wisdom-wise about our bodies? The limitation of healthy bodies. And third, the future of healthy bodies. Those are the three sections that we'll look at today. And I hope by the end of this sermon, you will be excited for the way God's made you, his design for you. I hope that you'll be realistic about your limitations and that you will be full of hope as we look at the future of your body. Um, so first, the wisdom of healthy bodies. I've said something about our kind of cultural obsession to do with fitness and wellness and all that kind of stuff. And I want to say, first of all, that that is not stupid. It might be easy to be dismissive of things like that. But I think the Bible would counsel us that that is not stupid to place value on wellness and our bodies. Let me remind you of some biblical principles which show us the value of our bodies and specifically healthy bodies. So if you want some subheadings, if you're into subheadings, which some are and some aren't, um, to, these are some headings you could hang your hat on. In terms of biblical principles, wisdom for our bodies, three things. We are created, we are redeemed, and we are whole. First, we are created. Ben reminded us a few weeks ago from Genesis 1 that our bodies have incredible value because they are created by God. So we believe as Christians that our bodies are not a random conglomeration of atoms that happen to have been kind of randomly chucked together. But actually, they are 
immeasurably, immeasurably valuable because they are created fearfully and wonderfully by God and in his image. And that means the health of our bodies matters. How you look after something reflects the value you place on it. Hands up if you have a screen protector on your phone. I'm actually surprised it's not everybody because we all value our phones massively and we don't want them to crack and be unusable. Hands up if you drive a car and have car insurance. We have car insurance because we value our cars and also because we're not allowed to drive on the road without it. But that's because it's valuable. And, so, and if you have a car crash, it costs a lot of money. And you don't want to be forking that out in one go. So how you look after something reflects the value you place on it. Your health matters. If you are too busy to care for your physical body, then perhaps there is something wrong with where you are placing value. If you're neglecting your physical health, you're not placing the same value on your body that God does. We're created by him and our bodies matter. Second thing, redeemed. Our bodies uh, are not only created by God, but if we're trusting Jesus for forgiveness and life, then our bodies have been redeemed by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, Paul in the New Testament says, um, you are not your own. You have been bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. I don't know if you've noticed that little phrase before. You've been bought at a price. You're redeemed. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. The logic goes something like this. If your body only belonged to you, then you might be able to say, well, who else am I going to harm apart from myself if I don't really look after myself? It's, not, it's no one else's business. It's only me. And actually, the Bible says no. Your body does not belong solely to you. Your body has been bought at a price. It is not just your soul that has been forgiven, your sins paid for, but your body has been redeemed and belongs to God. Therefore, honour God with your body. Now, in 1 Corinthians 6, he's actually talking about how you use your body sexually, but I think it can be applied the same principle here. Your body matters. Look after your body. It belongs to God. Honour God with your body. Three, whole Biblical wisdom says that our, we are whole beings. The Bible's wisdom is huge. Um, I love how nuanced and full it is. So the modern wellness movement that I've spoken about a little bit already has made the helpful um, link between body and mind. Healthy body, healthy mind. It's an often kind of quoted little phrase to help us think about things. Turns out the Bible had been there 3,000 years ago. So Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, wisdom literature, chapter 14, verse 30 says this, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. We are body, mind, and spirit. We are whole, integrated beings. So how we are in here or up here affects how we are physically in our bodies. So if we're serious about attending to our spiritual growth, which I take it because we've turned up in church, we're vaguely interested in that. If we are serious about attending to our spiritual growth, perhaps there is work to do physically. We often don't think about that. But we're whole beings. 
and our physical effects are spiritual and vice versa. Likewise, maybe more pressing for some of us, I don't know, but if we're serious about our wellness, then simply going to the gym a few times a week or for a run or whatever it is, but neglecting our spiritual health, that is also not good for us. We are whole. We are integrated beings. It all matters. It's all interconnected. We can't kind of compartmentalize ourselves off into spiritual bit of church, physical bit of the gym, or whatever. So one, the wisdom of healthy bodies. The Bible has a lot of wisdom to offer. We're created and therefore immeasurably valuable. We are redeemed by him, so our bodies are not our own, but God's. And we're whole, we're body, mind, and spirit. Second, the limitations of healthy bodies. I'm not going to dwell long on this because we had an amazing sermon a couple of weeks ago. If you're here a couple of weeks ago and heard Katie's sermon on brokenness in the body, I think you'll agree it was very helpful. If you've not seen it, then catch up online because it's very worth, much worth watching. Um, but here is where we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 15. So if you've still got a finger there, it might be helpful. And I want us to note one word at the moment from 1 Corinthians 15, and that is simply perishable. Our natural bodies are perishable. So verse 42, Paul says, The body that is sown is perishable. Because of the effects of sin in our world and in our bodies, we naturally perish. Anyone over the age of 40 will be well aware of the perishability of our bodies. They begin to wear out. Um, there's a guy you may have come across, um, Yuval Noah Harari, who's a writer. He wrote Sapiens, which some people may have read. He also wrote more recently a book called um, Homo Deus, uh, Man God. Doesn't believe in God. It's very interesting. I have, okay, I haven't read that book. I've read most of Sapiens, um, if I'm being entirely honest. But I've read the synopsis of Homo Deus. And in it, he explores whether immortality is genuinely kind of possible for human beings. And he thinks that it is. He reckons we'll get there. He says death is just a technical problem that Silicon Valley will one day solve and that if we just incrementally improve healthcare, well, eventually, given long enough time, human beings will pretty much be immortal. I don't know, I don't know enough about stuff to know whether he's right. However, I think that's probably the best that you can do from a humanist point of view if we take God out of the equation. I think maybe that is the best kind of offer I would like to encourage you that the Bible is both more realistic and more hopeful than that view um, it is more realistic our natural bodies have limitations we are as Paul says perishable and should therefore expect to suffer illness and the breakdown of our bodies whether in old age or sadly sometimes prematurely in younger age we cannot and never will achieve immortality uh, through human invention or just trying harder. It doesn't really work. So actually, I just want to say to you, we can relax there for a little bit. That if we know that there are limitations in our bodies and to some degree that that is inevitable, well, that's all right then, isn't it? Don't stress too much. Your health matters, but it's not everything. So if the latest fad says red wine is really bad for you, and then the next fad says red wine's actually really good for your heart. And then it says it's really bad for you again. Just have a glass of wine. It's probably okay. <laughs> um, we're, we're perishable. And we can't 
follow every fad and be obsessed with it. Um, there is a reality to it. There is a brokenness which is to some degree inevitable. So if currently you are all too aware of the perishability of your body, that may not necessarily be the worst place to be. It may be a deeply uncomfortable place to be and we as a church may need to do lots and perhaps more than we're currently doing to look after you and care for you ensure that, and ensure that you are as well as you can be and not lacking community as well as struggling physically. But your natural body is not the ultimate thing. It is not everything. It is perishable. And even if you were to experience miraculous healing this morning, and we can pray after the service for that, and I would encourage us to do that if you're struggling with something in your body, you may receive miraculous healing today, but you will still get sick again because our bodies are perishable. The limitations of healthy bodies, they are perishable. But third and finally, and best of all, the future of healthy bodies. And to grasp what happens in the future, we need to understand trains. Now, I like teaching the Bible. I'm not an engineer. If I'm wrong about this engineering, then please see me afterwards and take the theological point and not the literal point here. But I think, I think this works, okay? So the engine of the train leads the carriages. Where the engine goes, the carriages, if they're attached, go too. So if the engine goes up the hill, the carriages go up the hill. If the engine goes fast, the carriages go fast. If the engine stops, the carriages stop. Is that fair enough basic premise? Okay. Jesus is the engine. And Christians, we just get aboard the Jesus train. <laughs> That's a bit cheesy, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a helpful theological principle. Where he goes, we go. What happens to Jesus happens to us. That is why our bodies have a future, although they are perishable. So Jesus lived as we are living. He suffered as we suffer. And he died as we one day will die. And he was raised to new life in a resurrection body, as we will be also. That is what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 15. That is the principle which kind of underpins everything in 1 Corinthians 15. What has happened to Jesus will happen to those who are in Jesus, who are hitched onto the Jesus train. Our perishable bodies will become, verse 42, imperishable. Our bodies will die in dishonor. And death can be a horrible thing. And dishonorable, but they will be raised in glory. Verse 43. What is natural now will become spiritual then. Verse 44. Can you see what he's saying? It will happen. Um, we won't be modeled. So, so for now, in our natural bodies, we're modeled on the first, the kind of the earth man. That's what Adam means, is earth man. We're modeled on the earth man, the first Adam. But then, verse 48, we'll be modeled on the heavenly man who is Jesus, the one who came from heaven and has returned there, the heavenly man. If you struggle to grasp what this will all be like, I think that is totally understandable. Think about the sowing metaphor that Paul uses in this passage. 
And so in verse 43, he talks about sowing. And actually just before the bit we had read in 36 and 37, he talks about sowing as well. I think this is helpful for us to understand if we use this sowing thing. My future body and yours, uh, my future body is to my current body what an oak tree is to an acorn. My future body is to my current body what an oak tree is to an acorn. Just imagine for a sec that you've never ever seen a 500 year old oak tree. Now most of us probably can picture picture that in our minds now, but imagine you've never seen it. And someone comes up to you and says, what will the future of this be? As they hold an acorn in their hands. Now, and if I challenged you to draw what you thought the future of this would be, I defy anyone to come up with a 500-year-old oak tree if you'd not seen it before. I think that is something of what Paul is saying about our bodies being sown in dishonour and raised in glory. It's unimaginable to us now, as it would be if you'd never seen an oak tree. There is discontinuity and continuity. Can you see that? It seems unimaginable to us now to to imagine a body that is not subject to decay. Because that's so much of part of our present reality. It seems unimaginable to imagine not aching after we play football or go for a run. It seems unimaginable to think that we won't need washing or kind of sprucing up to make ourselves look vaguely presentable. To imagine a body which isn't vulnerable to decay or infection or disease. To imagine a body which is not limited in all sorts of ways because there are all sorts of things our bodies can't do which we wish they could. I've always wanted to do transportation, you know, be able to just appear in another place. What's that called? Teleportation. Wouldn't that be convenient on a long drive? And also, there are all sorts of things our bodies do which we wish they wouldn't. I won't name any of those. (laughs) But if you struggle to imagine what it might be like to become that oak tree, well, have a think about the resurrection body of Jesus because I think that helps us just grasp something of what our bodies might be like in the future. So Jesus, as a resurrected body, bore the scars of his crucifixion the disciples could see them and feel them. But he appeared suddenly in a locked room. He went through walls, so maybe that teleportation thing isn't so stupid after all. I don't know. His body was different. He didn't seem to be able to do that before, but his resurrected body could. He could still have a barbecue on the beach with his friends and eat food and give them a hug. There was a reality to his physical body. And yet he is still alive today, we are told, 2,000 years later. That's very different to our bodies. So, what is this future? What does this all mean for our health today? A few things. A few things. The first is simply to observe that our bodies are not disposable. As Christians, we don't believe that when we die, we go and float around in a disembodied heaven. Um, Our future reality is a new creation with resurrection bodies. So these bodies, as worn out as they might feel today, are not for just using and abusing. They have eternal significance. Our bodily health matters. It's not everything, but it is important. Here's another slightly weird one, and I say this cautiously, um, but perhaps it needs saying. In our culture at the moment, 
there is something of an ideological move away from the truth and reality of our bodies. So some might say that what I feel up here is primary and my body is secondary. And it seems to me that is a slightly dangerous distinction, distinction to draw. Our bodies are us. We are integrated. Our bodies are us. We may not always like our bodies. And some of us may, may experience profound discomfort physically and or psychologically as a result of our bodies. But we will inhabit them eternally. And therefore, they are, to a great degree, us. If you are struggling with the relationship between how you feel up here and your physical body, I am not saying that you just need to lump it and get on with it, or that you are somehow broken in a way that the rest of us aren't. But I do want to affirm the reality and goodness of the body that God has given us for eternity. And whatever struggles we may face now, if we are attached to the Jesus train, our bodies and our relationship with our bodies will one day be glorious. Let me finish, um, I hope, by encouraging with a story about my friends Nick and Becca. Um, Becca became pregnant with their third child uh, several years ago now. Um, and by the way, I say this with a bit of a warning that this is a story, sadly, about... Uh, difficulties in pregnancy and um, I'm sorry if you've experienced that as well um, it's a reality of our limitations at times Becca became pregnant with their third child uh, several years ago and at a scan during pregnancy it became clear that the baby was not developing properly they were advised to have an abortion um, the baby's brain essentially wasn't developing at all and would not survive outside the body they decided not to have an abortion and prematurely, Becca gave birth to their baby. He lived only 25 minutes, but in those 25 minutes, he was held, he was prayed for and prayed over, and his father, who's a vicar, baptised him. Um, and in an email to friends to explain the situation and not get, you know, insensitive cards, congratulate him and things, um, they said this, uh, which I find encouraging. Uh, they named the baby Phoenix, I should say. They named the baby Phoenix. And in an email they explained, they said, the Phoenix is a mythical bird which dies in flames but is reborn out of the ashes. In the early church, it was adopted as a symbol of hope in the resurrection. We are devastated that we will only spend a little time with our baby, but rejoice that he will rise to new life and be with Jesus for eternity. Now, Phoenix's body was broken more than any of ours. His life was far more fleeting than even our fleeting existences. But the hope of a resurrection body is the same. So if you are feeling today the brokenness of your body in any way, if health, full health, seems just unattainable now, take courage that where Jesus has gone you too will go. Look to him and be encouraged that health will return to your body, though it is limited now. One day it will be fully redeemed. Though it is broken now, one day 
it will be fully healed. And though it is fading now, one day it will be like his glorious body. Amen.